from the uh, decade of disrespect that's uh, tough doing a cover of Metallica's Seek and Destroy, Chris. A great cover there. It is solid, very solid. Nice jam session there with uh, Stevie on lead vocal. And I thought that was an appropriate way to bring our good friend Stevie Rochelle on because he's been doing a little bit of seeking and destroying himself this week or so. And, hey, Stevie, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Um, You know, (laughs) I was going to say, when you first called, I kind of heard that in the background, and I was thinking, is that... Is that, a, is that one of our old tough songs? I couldn't really make it out right away, but now that you just introduced it, I guess you were playing our uh, our, our live version of Seek and Destroy. It was. And you did it well. Nice. And I'll tell you, that was actually straight from the board at the Toy Tiger in Louisville, Kentucky in 1995. Nice. Well, I was I was living in Louisville at the time when the Toy Tiger was uh, was open, but uh, I did not catch that show. Like you have a pretty good room. I mean, for a board tape, that that sounds uh, it sounds pretty live too. I mean, uh, pretty full. You know, I mean, it's literally straight off the board. Well, it was a good club. I don't even know if it's still there or not. That was so long ago, but. Uh, even if it was, I'm sure that they're not uh, entertaining any shows there, at least not now. Right. <laughs> well, Stevie, uh, obviously, uh, you, you know, so the, the dust has been kicked up this week and last week here. And, and there's been a little bit of a an Internet rumble, if you will. And, um, you know, we wanted to have you come on and, you know, tell us what the hell is going on. Um. You know, uh, I guess it could be summed up pretty simple. I mean, uh, Mitch LaFon overstepped with me uh, multiple times, one too many times, and, uh, you know, three times just in the last couple of months. And um, I had it, you know, I, you know, I, I, I was fed up with him. Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny. There was a couple incidents that happened um, when I was in Brazil. I was in Brazil the first week of March, and this thing with uh, the Melodic Rock Fest was starting to fall apart. Right. And, um, you know, you guys have been in this world for a long time as well, and, and on this end of it, meaning, you know, with a website or a podcast, or, you know, Chris has been a journalist and a writer and contributed and reviewed, and, you know, when we're in this world like we are, we start to get the incoming when something's happening. Hey, did you hear about this? So-and-so got fired. So-and-so quit a band. So-and-so got arrested. So-and-so got a DUI, you know? So the the, in, the incoming started coming in that this melodic rock fest was falling apart. And um, I, I was like, you know, for me, it was a busy week. I was in Brazil. I was rehearsing. I was playing. And uh, it's one thing when a story breaks or something's going on, uh, you know, when you're sitting at home, but when I'm, you know, in a hotel room in a different country and time zones, and of course that was happening in Australia and people are sending me messages. So long story short, I did a couple of stories on it, uh, you know, essentially, uh, you know, a championship winning, uh, award winning headline, uh, melodic rock fail, <laughs> you know, um, 
the thing turned into what you know somebody had said it's rock and skull 2020 uh down under and you know they lost 16 bands and they lost the venue and it went from three days to one and all that said metal sludge did some stories on it and mitch lafon jumped into the mix and was online and i i made a few notes here and pulled some things up and so you know we do an article and we share it uh not only on metal sludge but on all the related platforms twitter instagram tumblr facebook groups gossip board etc etc and then so mitch jumps in on one of the uh one of the postings and writes andrew rockfest is not involved with this fiasco it's not his festival the assertions made here are incorrect a separate entity owns the melodic rock fest name not andrew truly unfair journalism may 7th sharing the metal sludge article now saying that wasn't enough to do it once he jumps in again on another part of a different posting uh melodic rock fest and andrew from melodic rock sold the naming rights 15 months ago. He's absolutely not involved in this fiasco. The entity that bought the name should be rightfully skewered, not Andrew. And then, of course, there's all kinds of likes and shares and other people making comments. So I see these, I see these little digs by, uh, by Mitch, and I message him, hey, Mitch, check it out. I've talked to Andrew about this, just not only in the last week, meaning back, you know, late February, early March. I talked to him last year about it. I have a whole inbox of screen captures. Let me read one to you. July 31st, 2019. Stevie, right. The event definitely reflects my name and my brand, and I am very much involved, just don't have any interest in financing it. It will be great. Right. Okay, I am very much involved. It definitely reflects my name. And aside from this, he went on to say he's picking the bands, he's working as a liaison, he's helping book, he's helping choose, yada, yada, yada. So I blow up Mitch about this, and I said, Mitch, he is involved. It's his fucking name. Melodic Rockfest has been Andrew's name for longer than Metal Sludge has been around. Since right. 1996, 24 years. Every event that's ever happened with the name Melodic Rockfest, Andrew McNeese has absolutely 100% been involved. We all right. know that. The mm -hmm. whole fucking planet knows that. Every fan that bought a ticket knows that. But Mitch wants to jump in and defend him and say, the assertions here are incorrect. This is false. This is unfair. This is that. So I go back and forth with Andrew, or with Mitch, and at some point, Andrew essentially, or Mitch realized, I'm getting their names mixed up here. They both don't like me. Um, <laughs> I don't, really don't care. Um, you know, so at some point, we're going back and forth, and I said, Mitch, this is throwing shade at me. You did so on Twitter and Facebook multiple times now. I guess you won't care if I bring your name into this battle publicly. Since you have put yourself in the mix and have discredited me in a negative way, more than once, essentially calling me a liar. And of course, mm -hmm. you know, now that we went back and forth, now he replies, I can delete. Care? Question mark. 
I'm not looking to generate a fight with you. Nobody wins. And I actually quite like you. Two tweets deleted. Now let's go back to promoting rock, bro. And then the follow-up Twitter, uh, the the follow-up message was, hey, man, I got an idea. Let's fucking organize a rally to bring down Blabbermouth. Fuck those pricks, those obnoxious assholes. I want to remove the swagger in their steps, blah, blah, blah. All of this was shared in my article. So at some point, me and Mitch had a couple of heated exchanges, and I was kind of telling him, okay, you deleted it, but Mitch, this isn't cool. You know, you're, you're throwing me under the bus. And here's the thing. This, this wasn't the first time this has happened. This has happened multiple times over the last 10 years. Every right. time we do an article or a post, he tries to discredit it, take some type of side swipe at me, some kind of a little backhanded, well, that's not really what it was. It was actually this way, you know? And so I, I was busting his ass to say, you know, hey, just because just you said you delete, it's, it's not all better, you know? quit being a dick you know and then he yeah, then he yeah. says uh oh if, if you want to go then bring it on let's go and i said well, well that's it you're just gonna say you delete you're not even sorry there's no really official an official apology here um and so then he said call me right now and and at some point we got on the phone and we had an argument you know a long one hour loud conversation this was just about a month ago month and a half ago middle of uh middle of march and so now a week ago on Sunday, I got I got some inside information that Brian Howard passed away. And I put up a story. And I put it up with about four or five lines. Uh, this is breaking news. Uh, it's an unfortunate situation. We don't have an exact, exact cause of death. We haven't had an official source confirm it, but this did happen. It's unfortunate. We send our, our best to the family and the friends of Brian Howe. And, right. of course... It's on Twitter, it's on Facebook, it's on Instagram, it's everywhere. And it's a Sunday night, and nobody has it but Metal Sludge. And it's, it's obviously a big story. Uh, it's a big breaking news thing, and it's an unfortunate situation, but it is a story, and it's breaking, and it's, it's, it's going to be out very quickly. Um, and we, we were the first ones to put it out. So everybody starts sharing it and, and, and contacting and, and tweeting to Eddie Trunk or to Blabbermouth or to Mitch LaFon and trying to get some kind of a additional source to confirm and nobody could confirm it and then at some point mitch jumps in it's always more respectful when the family can make some type of announcement before anyone else so i messaged mitch and i said hey mitch what part of my announcement was not respectful what did i say what did our article say what did the four or five lines that we wrote say that was in any way whatsoever disrespectful well, well you know, the family well, hold, wants- on. hold on, Stevie. Why is it any of yep. fucking Mitch LaFon's business? Shut up. Well, and, and, and I was about to go there. So all of these things and the other, the, 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 the previous post, you know what they have in, one thing in common? Mitch wasn't involved. I never mentioned Mitch LaFon. I never mentioned one-on-one with Mitch LaFon. I never mentioned rock talk with Mitch LaFon. His name was nowhere to nowhere in sight anywhere but Mm -hmm. he felt the need to stick his nose in no this is incorrect no this is unfair this is inaccurate no he doesn't own it this is disrespectful it's like hold it actually you're wrong about all that i am correct i am accurate 
It's you that is being inaccurate. It's you that's being unfair and untrue. You're wrong and I'm right. And you're going out of your way to share that negative comment on a public platform. And here's the thing. I told Mitch on the phone, you're not Joe Johnson from Ohio. No, you're Mitch LaFon. You you are in some type of a field with Eddie Trunk, with Blabbermouth, with Sleaze Rocks, with Brave Words, with the Classic Metal Show, with uh, Loudwire. Metal sludge, exactly. So every time I do an article or some kind of post and you somehow want to discredit me or take that away from me, you're being a dick. And here's the thing. I see everybody's posts. I've never seen Mitch LaFon once go, well, hold it. You know, uh, Blabbermouth, that's incorrect. No, Blabbermouth, you're wrong. Hey, Blabbermouth, uh, that's insincere. That's disrespectful when they report somebody's unfortunate passing or such and i thought of all the things it really pissed me off about the brian howe thing because as soon as mitch said that then there was the people like oh well, metal sludge they they're they're dicks anyways well and then and then the half of them they didn't even read the article they just said oh what'd they say now did they make fun of brian howe you know and so this this guy's unfortunate situation has just come to you know to, to be, and we've obviously reported as breaking news, and the following morning it's on TMZ, and then it's on CNN and Blabbermouth and everywhere else, but Mitch has to go out of his way to try to publicly post that it's disrespectful what we did. And I was pissed at him. So I started to blow him up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, Mitch, why are you doing this? Please tell me why you're doing this again. And we just went over this whole thing with the Andrew McNeese, and um, he just he got sick of me. He basically just got sick of me and started ignoring me. And I said to him, I said, how am I not respectful? If no family or related told me not to post this, I'll wait for your answer, Mitch. He read it. He didn't reply. I replied again, Mitch, once again, you are shitting on my name and my brand publicly. This is not okay. He didn't reply, but he read my message. I wrote back and I said, all good noted. That was about eight or nine days ago. And then, then he made some stupid little comments online, and uh, at some point I, I, I told him he was being a bitch because of, uh, you know, the way he's, he's treated me. And he, he came in with his, don't you have an Uber to drive? <laughs> Which I was like, actually, no, I'm not driving tonight. But, and then I tried to message him, and he blocks me. So I thought, okay, you little clown. And, and then I, you know, I went in and shared his... Uh, Let's take down Blabbermouth. And, you know, again, like I said in my article to anybody that wrote it, some of this is tedious. It's trite. It's tiresome for people to read it. But I'm really just fed up with Mitch taking swipes at Metal Sludge and at me. And, uh, you know, you fuck with the bull, you get the horns. Nice. And uh, I think people know me by, know, know me enough by now that, uh, you know, he earned it. And by the incoming I've got, I feel pretty good about the numbers. Mitch is not a very liked, uh, very well liked person in this industry. No, he's a cunt. Period. He's a <laughs> cunt. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it the way it is. I hate the guy. I absolutely hate him. I was. I was. Couldn't have been happier that you smashed his fucking face. You know that. That. Well, be- uh, Chris, I'm going to let you go on. I'm just going to interrupt real quick. What you just said. You're not alone. Uh, I'm you sure are I'm not. not alone. 
And on the other end of this, no, I won't. I won't share the dozens, multiple dozens mm-hmm. of people that contacted me, and and pretty some. There's a there's a handful. There's a fistful that are up the food chain way farther than I ever expected would reach out to me and said, "Hey, hey there, tough guy. Hey, sludge boy. You know what? That fucking that Lafon had it coming." Keep doing what you're doing. We need someone like you in this industry to clean house once in a while. I back you all the way. Signed CEO slash president of insert name uh, outlet here. And there's, there's a lot of those. I love it. Dude, if you want to, and I'm not going to say what it is at all, but I'm going to say something. Talk about what he tried to do after... Okay this went out and again i'm gonna leave it a hundred percent up to you right right but I, but what he if i i won't share your news but i will put it no. this way what he tried right. to do was beyond cunty right okay so so then so then we're basically just going back and forth privately okay me and andrew have went back privately uh mm-hmm. me and justin murr at one point with our rock and skull issue went back and forth privately. Me and Silverone went back and forth privately. You know, but at some point there has to be a a line and there has to be the okay. You know, and I was called on. Silverone told me, you don't want a war with me. That's his exact words. You don't want a war with me. I was like, who me? <laughs> I'm I'm looking I'm I'm in my room by my I'm 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 in my office in my chair. Uh, looking behind me, is there someone behind? Are you talking to me? It's like, okay, you know, you, you just you just fucking opened up the can right there. And the same mm. thing with Mitch. He was a fucking cunt to me. And and so he makes these stupid little comments online. Don't you have an Uber to drive? So I try to reply, and he blocks me. Mm. Oh, like whatever. So then I thought, well, this is the this is the platinum of all platinum fucking screen captures. The one where he wanted to basically take down blabbermouth you know good luck with that mitch and i screen captured not one but two there's multiple times when he started the conversation they're dated i had no reply to that it's like you're a fucking moron and i screen captured it and i shared it and i said hey mitch by the way here you go let's see if we can rally all your fans to help take blabbermouth down within 10 minutes I got the little red blinking thing from Facebook that basically said, Dear Mr. Fucking Stevie Rochelle, uh, we have been, you know, informed of your bullying, of your harassment, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and essentially, they removed all my stuff and said, If you so much as fucking blow a whistle at this guy again, we're going to delete all your accounts permanently, deactivate you. And I'm like, oh, Really? Okay. So. Of course, then I shared it on Twitter and Instagram, and um, I'm sure he tried to contact them, but, you know, they have a little bit more of a racy edge, and Facebook's a little bit more fan, uh, a little bit more family-friendly, so uh, Facebook obviously pulled my card right away, and, um, you know, and then I just kind of, I started going through my inbox, and then I'm like, oh, that's right, he did this as well. Oh, and then he did that. You know, and I'm going back, you know, six months, a year, to, oh, he did that, oh, what a fucking asshole. And I, I'm getting, now I'm getting mad. I'm in my fucking, you know, inbox looking through all these messages from him and all these times I had to call him and 
you know, reach out to him and say, hey, Mitch, uh, you know, hey, you're, you're shitting on me again. Uh, can you please fucking move backwards? And so then at one point I just thought, oh, holy shit, he's talking shit about Gene Simmons here, and he's talking about Mitch Malloy from Great White and Brett Michaels and Ricky Rocket and Sebastian Bach and Rat and <laughs> Queensryche and fucking Kiss and fucking Def Leppard. And, you know, at some point I'm like, i got to start screen capturing these, and now I'm putting a folder together, and I'm like, you know, uh, Mitch LaFon, uh, uh, Shit Talk, May 11th, screen capture 27. Okay, screen capture 20. <laughs> 29. I was like, holy shit, I've got like, now at one point I was up at like 46 of them. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Everyone's going to, you know, I'm thinking, should I do an article? Should I use all these? And then I'm trying to organize them. And it took me fucking three days to even sort all the stuff. <laughs> and then at one point, you know, I shared with some of my friends. I, I have some friends like you, Chris, which I didn't, I didn't share with you. I gave you a little heads up, but I do occasionally share, Hey, I, I think I've got a good headline. Is this any good? What do you think? <laughs> you know, I kind of, I'll, I'll you run share, past you, share, you share that and you share the filthiest porn I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, and then at one point, you know, and I had a few days, and I kind of cooled down and I'm like, should I do this? And I actually reached out to some friends in the industry, some people that I have respect for, uh, that I'm like, you know, and, and everybody was like, dude, fucking pull the trigger, you know? And, uh, so at one point I did. So now I pull the trigger and uh, of course everybody starts messaging and it's everywhere and it's being shared. Of course they can't share it on Facebook because I'll be deactivated for life. But then the next morning I wake up and I start getting incoming and I won't say the exact company names, but some company names related to registration of my domain, of my server, of my site host. Uh, basically, the companies, as Chris knows, that you know are intricate in letting the site run and be seen. Right. And Mitch was doing everything in his power to basically try to take my site offline and uh, remove content and edit me. And uh, I did at some point get on the phone with some people and, you know, in so many words, exercise, you know, hey, I think you guys would agree, this is my freedom of speech. I think this guy is a, a two-faced phony. I think he's a fucking asshole. Um, this is my opinion of him. And um, at some point they, you know, informed me, don't threat any violence, you know, make any threats of violence or insinuate, you know, somebody should be violent towards him or his home address or his phone number. I said, none of that's been done. None of that's yeah. been done, you know? And, um, so yeah, then, uh, you know, for part of last week, I had to deal with, uh, incoming related to Mitch trying to, uh, deactivate my website, deactivate my, uh, my opinion, my voice. And, uh, again, it's, it's not okay. You know, no. but yet he can go on. He can go on Facebook and say, you know, uh, no metal sludge is this. Metal sludge is that. Metal sludge is disrespectful. This is wrong. That's inact inaccurate, and take all these little sideways swipes at me. I don't. I don't think he's ever. He's ever said that about Eddie Trunk. I've, I've never seen an Eddie Trunk article where Mitch Lafon went, oh no, 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 no. This is wrong. Eddie Trunk is definitely not accurate. This is not authentic information. This is not right. He's disrespect. He's never done any of that, to Eddie Trunk. Or to blabbermouth, 
at least not publicly, or most mm-hmm. of the bands that he talks to. Done, done a lot of that privately, and that's where at some point I came to the realization that he was two-faced to me, and he was two-faced to a lot of other people. And essentially I played Rat, and like I noted in my article, I don't care if I look tacky to certain people. Um, I did what I did. I have zero regrets. And uh, I don't need to be Mitch's friend. I don't need his friendship. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine where I'm at. Dude, the, the, we, and I told you this on the phone, but we've been through the whole thing with the, um, you know, somebody trying to silence us and get our platforms taken down. And, you know, it's yep. the ultimate bitch move. It is the ultimate yep. bitch. I can't take it, so I'm going to ruin you forever move. It's like, oh, fuck yourself. Yep. <laughs> Insanity, man. So I take it your inbox has finally slowed down or no? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's slowed down, but, you know, the, the biggest surprise, it was almost like August 2004 all over again. When I decided to uh, do what happened between me and, and you know Sean, my former partner, and then unveil the fact that I was I was the guy, you know, one of the guys behind the site, and I was really unsure of what was going to re, you know the reaction was going to be. I felt positive that you know a, a percentage of people would be on my side, and I knew that there would be a percentage of people that wouldn't be on my side. And when uh, when I pulled that trigger back in 2004, 16 years ago, I was seriously shocked and blown away that the overwhelming majority uh like 99 percent was like dude all good you know mm-hmm. you're a dick but all good <laughs> you know <laughs> uh you know and it was literally a handful of people that you know held a grudge and i think still to to this day you know blotzer and sebastian bach um but you know with this article i i was also very shocked um I really didn't even care what the outcome was going to be. If everybody would have been mad at me, I, I didn't care. I, I wanted to uh, expose Mitch for what he had done to me, and I felt what he was doing to other people and wanted him to own it, you know? Um, to my knowledge, he, uh, I mean, he hasn't contacted me. He hasn't said, hey, dude, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a dick. I'm sorry. I fucked up. Can we go backwards again? You know, I, which I... I guess I would laugh at that because he's already done this multiple times. I've shared part of those screen captures where he's like, oh, I'll, move, I'll take it down. I'm like, you know, I don't want you to take it down because I'm asking. I'm not asking you to. You, you're offering, you know. It's just like, don't do it, you know. Don't, don't say things out of the side of your mouth about me. But the reaction was overwhelming, you know, and I received dozens and dozens and dozens of messages from people I know, people I don't really know, people in this industry at all different levels, other website owners and contributors, podcasters, uh, producers, managers, agents, guys that are quote-unquote rock stars up the food chain and various levels, club promoters, other people that Mitch has worked with and obviously shit the bed at some point or another. And uh, I, I'm kind of, I was, more, I was more surprised that he's just, you know, he's, he's not well-liked, at least from what people have told me. I'm babbling now. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Well, well, Stevie, uh, you you know, obviously, you've been doing uh, have you've had your metal sledge website for what is it, twenty two years now? 
22 years. Yeah, almost 22 years. Okay. So, uh, you know, do you, do you, I know it's not quite as active as it used to be in its heyday, but uh, do you still enjoy maintaining that? You know, I do. Um, it, it becomes it becomes tiresome, but it, I guess it's like anything. It's like, you know, what's it like to be in, you know, L.A. Guns for the 34th year, you know, or, or Tufts for the, for the 33rd year or Motley Crue or, you know, I mean, it has its ups and downs, you know. But, you know, the site's not been around for that long and, you know, because nobody likes it, you know. It, I'm not doing this free, you know. I, I don't, I'm not making the, the the six, nine stacks of money we were making in the early days. <laughs> I say that uh, kind of joking. But, yeah, there was a point when me and Sean were making a ton of money, and it was funny because we didn't, we didn't set out to do that. We set out to just have fun, and out of boredom, created this little outlet where people could go, meet and talk and share their love of sleazebees or pick Tracy, you know? And um, it was obviously, you guys know, it was before any social media existed. Mm-hmm. We were years ahead of MySpace, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, the thing is the numbers are down compared to where they used to be because of that. Like right now, everybody has a site. Everybody has a podcast. Everybody has a platform. And the thing is, where we used to be like, okay, it was like Melodic Rock, KNC, Metal Sludge, Brave Words, Blabbermouth, those were like the five that were like the metal sites, you know, in the early days that people used to visit for information. But now at some point, you know, all these metalheads created groups on Facebook, where they communicate through Twitter or Instagram and, you know, God knows whatever, you know, fuck. TikTok and this and all these other things, you know, so there's a lot of people that are on those platforms spending time and they're not on Melodic Rock or Metal Sludge or KNC, you know. Um, Blabbermouth is obviously taken off at, a, at another level with, a, I think there's what, there's, there's, they got some corporate stuff behind them with Roadrunner, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm guessing a staff of people to an extent, like, you know, uh, Metal Sludge is me, myself, and I, and a handful of contributors um, that, that that get involved, but uh, it's not a full-time thing either, you know? It's like, I do this uh, when time permits and uh, when I want, you know? It's like, it, it's not my life, but it's, it's something that I've spent a lot of time with, and uh, Metal Sludge has a specific um, what is my word I'm looking for here? It's It's got a specific purpose, you know, and some of those messages right. I received this week were kind of enforcing that, saying, hey, dude, keep doing what you do. We need essentially an electronic enforcer like you to call some people out once in a while and do the dirty work, you know? And um, fuck, Mitch has been that guy. Mitch has been messaging me for years. Some of those I... I shared, I shared those screen captures. Hey, dude, did you see this? Can you do a story on it? Hey, leave my name out. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, you know, let, let everybody shit on us for being the bad guy, but, you know, yeah. thanks, for your, thanks for your input, Mitch. <laughs> so, right? I mean, you know, I don't know if you guys read all 47 of the screen captures, but there's, a, there's all kinds of that in there, you know? There, yeah, there definitely is. 
Well, well, Stevie, you know, aside from the Mitch stuff, which is fun, and I love it. I mean, anytime anybody stomps on that fucking bald head, I'm thrilled. But, but you. Hey, 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 watch it with the fucking bald head talk, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I know you guys. I know you're jealous of me with my flowing locks, but. <laughs> <laughs> flowing gut to go with it, but flowing locks. <laughs> but, but no, dude, I mean, one of the reasons that this is a part-time thing for you now, Metal Sludge, is because you do stay busy and you've got, what, two records that are getting ready to, that are in some form of getting ready to come out? Well, um, Alex, I, Alex Michael in Munich, Germany, obviously he's the, uh, he's the Gene or the Nikki of Shameless. He's actually, uh, he was in studio today, uh, and they've been laying tracks um, for the eighth Shameless studio record, believe it or not. Um, yeah, so he's in the process of doing that. He's already sent me a handful of songs, um, Todd T. Burst on some drums, Adam Hamilton will be involved in some production. Uh, the last time we did a record, you know, uh, Alex had a variation of guests. Me and Steve Summers are usually the two key vocalists that are have been on every record. Um, last time he had Phil Lewis sing a song. I think Sheree Curry was on a song. At some point over the years, we've had Karabi sing a song. Janie Lane has contributed at points. Chris Holmes, Gilby Clark, Robert Sweet of Striper, Eric Singer, Bruce Kick, Bruce Kulik of Kiss. I mean, there's just there's been a ton of guys that have contributed. But you know, the mainstay is Alex on bass uh, BC Boris on guitar those guys are the, the, the duo from Germany uh, me and Steve usually end up with singing three or four tracks each and yeah so the eighth Shameless record is underway and I'll probably be singing some tracks here I probably would have already sang some tracks but because of all this stuff um, going to Adam's studio over here in Woodland Hills and screaming vocals and you know he's got a child and I have kids and this whole COVID thing's kind of keeping everybody away from each other. So uh, I'll probably be singing at some point later in the summer. And um, the guys in Brazil with Tales from the Porn, uh, Andy's been throwing tracks around for a while, and we just messaged um, on WhatsApp the other day. I'll probably be going to Brazil to record some of it this, this time in Brazil. So the plan is to have three songs done here in the next couple months, and at the end of July or August, I will go to Brazil hang out for a week or 10 days and cut some vocals and we'll get uh you know a third of the record done so those two projects are kind of uh underway and going to be happening here shortly perfect so uh obviously uh, everybody's been sidelined from uh, being able to perform did this affect you did you have any shows lined up prior to this whole stay at home thing or not you know what Unfortunately for, for me and for Tough, with like the, the last year or two has been pretty slow, and I was pretty bummed out because I was hoping we'd be on M3 this year. I was hoping I'd get on a couple of different events, which didn't, didn't seem to pan out. But um, I guess I, I'm not that super bummed uh, in that aspect for me because now they didn't happen anyways. You know, I mean, I, I know it's, gonna, it's greatly affecting uh, other guys in a, in a much bigger way who tour regularly firehouse la guns faster warrant skid row slaughter you know those guys they they're usually out a couple weekends a month you know so they're definitely feeling it um 
haven't relied on live show income for a long time. I mean, I usually do 10 or 10 or 15 dates a year, and it's usually like four to six tough shows and a couple cheesehead shows and, you know, the stuff with Shameless. That That's every other year. You know, sometimes I'll go to Europe, you know, for 10 shows with Alex in the fall or four in the spring and then maybe take a year off and then, you know, we'll do another thing where there's, you know, two or three weeks and the Brazil, the thing in Brazil, I've been there like four times just in the last couple of years. Some of those were for, um, tales from the porn shows in Curitiba, Janjai, Sao Paulo. Uh, this last time I went, um, it was, it was, it was essentially a tough show, the music of tough, but it wasn't, you know, an American band. I've, I've used a Brazilian band, Every time I've went there, except for once, I, I brought Todd, but it wasn't conducive to the finances. And um, like I started to say in the beginning of this phone call, I was just there in March, so it was it was weird because all this stuff was starting to kind of ramp up with this coronavirus at the end of February, and my show uh, my my week there was March second through the ninth, so I was wow. kind of a little touch and go, but I did fly down on the second. Uh, hung out, rehearsed, did the week, played the weekend, and by uh, Monday the 9th, flew home. Now, when I came home, ironically, I had connected through Peru, and then I got to LAX, and I was thinking, you know, I was looking on the news, they were, like, quarantining ships and planes, and I was like, fuck, what happens if they take me through customs and then shove me in a hotel in Long Beach for, like, two weeks, you know? Right. Sick and shit in my nose every other day. <laughs> like, are you sick? It's like, no, I'm fine. Can I go home? <laughs> Let me go back to the valley, you know? Um, but I got home, got through. Everything was fine. Kids are still in school, picking them up, going to do after school stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then the weekend of the 14th and the 15th, just five or six days after I got home, is when the shit at the fan. And then, um, as a matter of fact, a couple days after I got home is when Peru of all countries closed their borders and their airports. And that's, if you guys remember, D. Schneider was going online. He was kind of freaking out because his daughter was trapped there and he couldn't get her out. And um, so I literally went through that airport like five days before it closed. Had my, had my trip been a couple days later, I might be in Peru right now still. <laughs> <you know? laughs> all right, Stevie, well, anything else going on with you that uh, you want to let the fans know about? Um, I'm watching the UFC right now. I know Chris is a fan as well. I got it on in the background, no volume, but I guess there's no there's no crowd to cheer, anyways. You know, <laughs> um, right? I mean, watching this in an empty arena, it's kind of a trip, you know. But uh, no, I'm just uh, I'm just kicking it in Southern California. Our kids are still homeschooling. They will finish in a couple weeks, and. Um, we got to go back to the school, I don't know, like 10 days and return a few books, but most of their schooling is online anyways with laptops. And I don't know, we might have them do a couple summer courses. Um, if, if they could do summer school, which they've done it the last couple of years, they kind of take a half day for like three weeks and they didn't, they didn't mind it, you know, to be around their friends more than anything. Um, but at this point, I know when we all grew up, we all were like, fuck school. But now that it's been out for three months, they're like missing their friends and, you know, hanging out at lunch and 
screwing around between classes. So if there's something that we can have them do in the summer that permits them to be around people, you know, other friends, kids for a couple of weeks, even like a day camp thing, we might have them do that just so they can have some more interaction. I mean, have each other, but, you know, yeah. everyone's kind of going stir crazy. <laughs> All right, Stevie. Well, you know you're welcome on the show anytime. And uh, we're always glad to hear from you and uh, glad you're safe and well out there in Southern California. And hopefully this uh, nonsense will get by us and we can get back to rocking, which is what we all like to do. So, uh, yeah. So uh, I agree. And, And I thank you guys. I thank you guys for coming on and make sure to check me out on all the platforms. Stevie Rochelle, Stevie Tough, Tough. Google it works fine. Buy my stuff, <laughs> so I don't have to start a GoFundMe. CDs, <laughs> <laughs> T-shirts, vinyl—you name it, I got it. Uh, eBay, Amazon, Big Cartel, Etsy—it's all out there. Discogs. I have accounts and storefronts on all the major platforms. So, perfect. All right, Stevie, why don't you pick something from the Tough catalog, and we'll take us out of the interview. What should we play? Wow, you have it that you you so it's at your fingertips right now. I do. Wow, aren't you? How about um, Daddy's Money off of Religious Fix? Okay, we can do that. Got it pulled up, ready to go. Wow, amazing! <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks, Neely. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, the Classic Show. All you guys, all you listeners, everybody. Um, metal sludge or die talk to you soon (laughs) here it is it's uh tough with daddy's money exclusively here on the classic metal show thanks man